Well, good morning, Rob Bridge. It's so great to be here. Uh, I have started to uh, feel like I'm a newscaster up here on this desk. So if, uh, if I start to take on the mannerism of a newscaster, that's probably why. But it's so wonderful to be here with you, uh, to be worshiping God with you and celebrating the good news of Jesus Christ. I uh, just want to say hello to everybody on the chat and keep interacting. As y'all have thoughts about the sermon, I, I invite y'all to share them with us. Uh, Maddie, it's so great to hear that your baby is doing well. Uh, five pounds, six ounces. Uh, we, want, we just pray continuing blessings over you and over your baby and your family. Today we start a new sermon series on the Sermon on the Mount. And in fact, if someone were to ask me, David, what is your favorite scripture verse, I'd kind of look at them because asking a pastor what their favorite scripture verse is a very difficult question because we all have a ton of scriptures that we love. But if I was going to tell you my favorite scriptures, I would go with the Sermon on the Mount. And the reason I would go with the Sermon on the Mount is it's some of my favorite teachings in all the Bible. Here is Jesus laying out what it means to be a follower of Christ. In fact, in the book of Matthew, Jesus has five of these teachings, and this is the first one. And what's interesting is that the author of the book of Matthew is laying out that Jesus is the new Moses, even more than Moses. But just like the books of Moses are the first five books of the Bible, we have five teachings of Jesus, and they are brilliant, and they're amazing, and none more so than the Sermon on the Mount. And today we're talking about the end of the Sermon on the Mount, which might seem like an interesting choice. David, why are you starting at the end? Well, it's because this last passage in the Sermon on the Mount lays out how important it is that we don't just listen to these teachings, but we put them into practice and that Jesus is the rock and our foundation of every bit of our life, everything that we do. You know, in this passage, it talks about a storm. And uh, recently, we had a pretty big storm, not just the other night. And I was thinking as I was getting ready and climbing into bed in my nice, warm, and cozy ba- bed, and this storm is literally raging over us. And I was thinking how comfortable I was to be able to go to sleep despite this incredible storm. And that is what Jesus is getting at in this passage when he says that we need to build our house on a foundation of the rock. And then when the storms come and the rains come, we are confident in the work. We're confident in the handiwork of that house. We're confident in the handiwork of our lives. And it's not if the rains come. It's not if the storms come. It's not if the flood comes because we know with life they will come. But when? And just last night I was watching Swiss Family Robinson pulled out the classic with the family, and one of the first scenes is the family, they're on the beach, and they built a little shanty, and all of a sudden the rains are coming, and they're all scrambling because their little shanty is not enough to keep them dry in the storm. And that's the picture that Jesus gives us today of these two houses, one built on a rock on the world, that li- the life that Jesus tells us to through his teachings, and the other on sand, people who don't build their life on the rock that is Jesus. Church, we are in a generational storm. COVID-19, the pandemic, the shutdown, everything about it is generational. This is stuff that we will look back and we will talk about our grandkids and our great-grandkids. And we'll say, oh, remember that, that time in 2020 when we were in the middle of a pandemic? That's what we're going through right now. We're grieving. We're hurting. We feel lost. We feel lonely. We're doing our best to connect with each other. But know that we are going through a generational storm. 
And as we go through the storm, I hope that you are building your house on the rock that is Jesus, on the foundation of the teachings of Christ. And so over the next four weeks, I invite you to read Matthew chapter 5 through Matthew 7, 27. And to not just listen to the words, to be doers of the word. And so that's our scripture today is Matthew 7, chapter 24, sorry, chapter 7, verse 24 through 27. And we actually uncovered video of Jesus teaching this very passage. Those who hear these words of mine and put them into practice is like a wise man who builds his house on the rock. The storm came, the wind blew, and the house did not fall because it was built on the rock. Those who do not put into practice these words of mine is like a foolish man whose house is built on sand. When the storms came and the wind blew, it fell with a great crash. So yes, that is actual footage of Jesus preaching this passage. Guys, we want you to choose the rock this morning. Matthew 7 verse 24 says, Everybody who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise builder who built house on the bedrock. Church, it's not enough to read the Bible. You must put them into practice. Don't be simply hearers of the word but be doers of the word. If you remember the old King James translation. Don't be just hearers, but be doers of the word. And if you do, it says, then you will build your house on bedrock or the rock. That'll be the foundation. And it says, then the rains fell, the floods came, and the wind blew and beat against the house. It didn't fall because it was firmly set on bedrock. Now, again, notice it doesn't say if the storms come. It doesn't say if the rains come. It says when the storms come, when the rains come. Church, we experience this day by day. If your life is built on Jesus, you're still gonna struggle. You're gonna have things that are out of your, outside of your control. There, there's nothing we could have done to prevent this pandemic. There's nothing that you and I could have done. We are gonna experience it. We're gonna live through it. But if we have our life built on Jesus, if we don't just listen to the words that Jesus teaches, but we put them into practice, then we, the, when the rain and the floods and the, and the storm is buffeting our house, then we will be okay because Christ is with us. Continuing verse 26. But everybody who hears these words of mine and doesn't put them into practice will be like a fool who built his house on stand. The rain fell, the floods came, the winds blew and beat against the house and it fell and was completely destroyed. I reflected the other night on what it would have been like, what it would have been like if I was in a house that I didn't have comfort in. And as that giant storm that was like the size of Texas, I don't know if you like the radar, but it was wild. It was literally all up and down Texas. And if we build our house on anything but Jesus, it's like being in a house that is built on sand, on, on questionable foundation. And when the storm comes, it can fall apart on top of you. Now, in case you didn't understand this passage the way I described it to you, I want to throw it to our youngest preacher, Devin Payne, who's going to describe it to you. 
his house on. He then built his house on rock. Jesus built his house on rock, and and he got a broken roof. And he don't have a house to live in, but he did have a nice house to live in, but he don't. <laughs> one is the white man, one is the foolish. Jesus said we need to build our house on rock. I think that's very clear. Thank you, Devin, for your very clear explanation of this passage. Thank you for sharing that word with us. And now for our panel, I wanted to ask the question, when have you experienced life fall apart because you built it on sand? Well, mine was because it, my sand was my own understanding, my own decisions. My, the best example I have is when I was choosing which college to go to because every single person in my family went to tech and that's where I was going. I was going to Texas Tech, um, high water or low water. I was going. And God kept saying, no, you're going to go to Hardin-Simmons University. If you don't know where that is, there's a reason. And I thought, no, I'm not going to HSU. I'm going to Tech. And at that moment, my life started to just completely fall apart. All my friends that I had, all the things I was enjoying, all the things I was involved in were gone. I had none of it until I finally went to my parents and said, I need to go to Hardin-Simmons University. Did my life start to make sense? And the path opened, and I met my wonderful husband, Jeff, and I wouldn't have met him any other way. So that's, I had, I had to get off that sand. <laughs> and Ashley, thank you so much for sharing that. And that is exactly what we're talking about here. We, God has wonderful plans for us. God has beautiful things in mind for us. There's going to be good times. There's going to be bad times. But if we want to endure those difficult times and if we want to truly appreciate the good times, we're going to build our life on Christ. You know, when Jesus gathers his disciples at the beginning of this Sermon on the Mount, it says that he sits down and they sit at his feet. This was their sign that they were apprenticing themselves to Jesus. Church, we need to recapture that idea that we as followers of Jesus are apprenticing ourselves. We are learning the trade of what it means to be a Christian by following Jesus. And that is why we can't just hear the words. We have to put them in practice in our life. And we have so many examples. In my life, I have so many people who live the life who showed me how to live. First, it was my parents. I would watch them and I would observe. My dad is the most generous person I know. He would literally give the shirt off his back for anybody who was in need. And my mom was so devoted to studying scripture. It changed my life to watch them day in and day out live the life that Christ has for us. I wonder, who have you witnessed in your life that you knew their life was built upon the rock of Jesus? That person for me is definitely my little sister. She is somebody that every time she has a question in her life or struggles with anything, she immediately goes to scripture. And I love watching her and I've learned so much from her over the years that she is constantly turning into, by no means is she perfect, by no means does she not have struggles in her life, but I know that every single time she turns to scripture and she has got to be one of the strongest Christians I've ever known. That's exactly right. We witness it. It's, it. We can think about those people who have built their life. As Tavon says, his hope is built on nothing less, just like the great hymn says, is nothing less than Jesus, who is our rock, who is our foundation, who is our cornerstone, who is our hope in all things. Church, if we want more joy in our life, then Jesus tells us to live with more joy and to give more joy. 
If we want more love in your life, then you give more love. Jesus tells us to love our enemies. Jesus tells us to forgive other people. Jesus teaches us how to pray in these scriptures. That's why this Sermon on the Mount is so amazing. There's so many things that we can pull and pull apart of our life and set a great foundation for who we are. One thing that Jesus doesn't do, and and it's not the point of this, is just to give us a bunch of new rules to follow. We are to have a changed heart. As Christians, we are given the power of the Holy Spirit within us, and so Jesus gives us signposts. Jesus gives us examples of how we are called to live. He shows us the way and then kind of sets us out with the Holy Spirit to guide us day in and day out and sets us off on an adventure. This is supposed to be the bedrock of our lives. And you know, people try to found their life on anything else, and it may not lead to happiness. I think of so many celebrities who you read about their lives, and they have everything. They have money, they have fame, they have riches, and yet they are miserable. You can have all the success in the world and not have true happiness and true joy. This is outlined with the story of Zacchaeus in Scripture. And as the story tells in the book of Luke, is that Jesus came to town and Zacchaeus was wealthy. He was a tax collector. He had everything he wanted except happiness in his life. And so he climbed up the tree just to get a sight of of Jesus. And Jesus says, Zacchaeus, I'm going to come to your house today. And and, and in that moment, Zacchaeus changed the course of his life. He said, Jesus, I'm going to sell half of what I have. I'm going to give it away to the poor. And I'm going to pay back anyone that I've ever cheated. And it changed his life. Zacchaeus had wealth. Zacchaeus had everything he could possibly need. He probably had a wonderful house. And yet, it wasn't until he met Jesus that his life changed and he felt true acceptance and joy and love in his life. And that's what it means to build our house on the rock. So I want to know, how would choosing the rock help you in this time of social distancing in the pandemic? Well, for me... um it has, uh, what has been vital, David, has been um, starting my days off uh, routinely, just taking a breather, realizing that, um, you know, there, there are going to be constant changes, um, and, and for sure having a devotion. And I tell you, every time I've opened up my devotion, it has been on point. Um, and so really it's, it's, centering myself Mm. and remembering God's promises. And I know that that can sound redundant, right? Because we sing it, we live it, we breathe it, but that's what we're supposed to do. And so um, that's what's been really vital is remembering the times before that God has gotten me through uncertainty and then just holding on to that daily. Awesome. Thank you for sharing that. And I hope that you guys will share how choosing the rock will help you in your daily life as you struggle with the storm of life that we're in. Church, we can't think that we can do this alone. We can't think that we can do this without Jesus. We can't think that we can do this without each other. And so what I ask for you is simple. This passage, Matthew 7, 24 through 27, is a foundational passage for this church. You might have noticed the the resonance between this passage and our vision, that we're called to bridge people to Jesus who is the rock through relationship with deeply committed disciples who love, learn, and launch. And so this passage is part of the foundation of what it makes to be Rockbridge. We want to build our life, our church, everything we are on the rock that is Jesus. 
And so what I'd like to do together as a community is to read Matthew 5, chapters, Matthew chapters 5 through Matthew chapter 7, 27, and devote ourselves to not just listen. You know, you don't really get any credit. If you listen to this passage, you don't get any credit for reading the book. You don't get any credit for reading. You get the credit for putting it into action. Jesus is going to challenge you to incredibly difficult things. Because not only does he say, you know, don't attack someone that you're mad at. He says, try not to be angry with them. Deal with the anger itself. Not only does he say, don't go and have an affair. He says, don't even have lustful thoughts. Not only does he say, love your neighbor. He says, love your enemies. So church, we're going to read this over the next three weeks. And I want you to put these words into practice. I want you to choose the rock. I don't want you to merely be here's the word. I want you to be doers. I want you to put it into practice day by day. And let's see how Jesus transforms our life as we lay a foundation that is Jesus the rock.